0: Learn the best spell of all. What's that? Sleep. Welcome back to My Alchemical Bromance. This is Eric Arneson, and I am here today with Joan Pope II, or just Joan, who is um, a philosopher queen, an artist, and a musician, and has lots. Of, she has a lot of cool stuff online that I know about and maybe more that I don't know about. And we'll get to, we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, hi, hi, Joan. Hi,
1: <laughs> thanks for having me. Yeah,
0: of course. Thanks for coming on. It's I've, uh, I've really been enjoying your art and, uh, and your music, the, the whip angels. Like I got one of your albums and I thought it was really good. And, um, your art in particular, you, you know, uh, I mean, most of the stuff that I've seen has been your Instagram account or your, or your Steemit account where you do these, these sort of like, little square collages and you do tons of them you do like one a day or something it seems like is that
1: yeah sometimes I do more than one a day I pump them out Um, just because if I have the inspiration Mm -hmm. I just go with it Um, because I've had periods of my life where it's like I might go months without like creating something or creating very little Mm -hmm. so if I have these periods of high creativity I just go with it Um, because it's not going to last forever it's like I have phases like sometimes I'm working like heavily on collage then I'll get in a mood and do music or whatever Mm -hmm. um but I just dabble in a lot of different things um and lately I have been on like a serious collage kick
0: how do you where do you find all the the background images for your collages or the the images that you use in the
1: um it's all it's all from books Mm -hmm. um I spend way too much money at like used bookstores and I really just like I know what I'm looking for when I go in, so mm-hmm. I can somehow go in and five minutes later come back with like a stack and, you know, then I just cut them up. And, cool. Yeah. I think
0: I think they look pretty neat. Um, I'll make <laughs> sure to, I'll definitely make sure to put a link in the show notes so people can check that out. Uh, and as far as inspiration or like themes that you feel run through your artwork, is it, how do you, so what, uh, what kind of drives you? Do you have a way of talking about that or describing it?
1: Um, well, look, I think the overarching theme is just a celebration of life and being human and being alive. And I, I also deal with death mm-hmm. in, in the collages, but it, it's to contrast life. So it's, sometimes people look at my art and think it's really dark. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, it's not really. I just I have to have both to kind of get the message across,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, because the darkness in life is just part of it.
2: Um, it's true. Yeah. So
1: that, I, I mean, it sounds just so general to say that it's about life and death, but that really is what it's about. And um, also, a lot of like mythology I work into it and religious imagery. Try to work with. I try to work with symbols that people recognize. So it's kind of like a, becomes a code. Or mm-hmm. um, it's like, if you see like the snake or the sun, like really just ancient symbols working into the piece. It has, it's like, it's a message in itself.
0: Hmm. Well, I, I enjoy seeing them and I'm glad. And so, oh yeah, actually here's a, here's a question that I have about this. Is this, so the, the, you know you have your collage medium but then you also have you know the the presentation of it being you know sort of like so insta you know there's so much of it goes on instagram do you um do you work with bigger pieces too or do you mostly kind of make stuff that's instagram centric like do you fit it to instagram when you're doing these
1: well i do think a big part of my art is the way it's transmitted and using social media to do that,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, they are paper collages and I do have some of them, you know, just in a folder that, and they could be displayed if, you know, I wanted them to be, but, um, there is something about using social media, Instagram, Twitter, Steemit, whatever. Um, and distributing it that way. Cause even a lot of them, I make the collage, and they're not necessarily glued down. I just rip, I just take them apart,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then I recycle the pieces later. So some of them are just
0: oh, they that's, come apart. that's sort of like <laughs> totally embracing kind of the Instagram part of it, the digital sharing part of it, right? Like the collage, right, like the collage
1: totally thing. Yeah, right?
0: <laughs> I guess I didn't even realize that, but you can kind of, I guess you can kind of get a hint of it sometimes. You know, you have the little like typewritten strips of words, and sometimes it looks like they're just sort of Like cast on the page, so I that that's pretty fascinating. Yeah,
1: because they're not they're just not glued down, so it's like you could see the shadow actually. Because I just have these like I just use like a crappy lamp Mm -hmm. to light it. Like there's nothing really fancy going on, and I think using Instagram too, it you know I use filters and I'll edit it a little bit on Instagram. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think it captures the look of the time. Like when you look at a photo from the 1920s, it has a specific look because of the type of film and cameras that were used on. Yeah. So I kind of want to embrace using things like Instagram because it has a certain look that is just.
0: It's a 21st you know, key century. To the time that
1: I'm living in.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's a that's an interesting take on it, and that makes a lot of sense. You know, I mean, you know, it's the, you know, the the digital effects that are used. It's. A hundred years from now, people are going to look at our old tiny JPEGs or whatever and think that right. <laughs> it's like even even uh, even the era of digital photography. If you go back twenty years to an old digital camera, like those were really grainy, horrible pictures, and you can totally see like, right. wow, that camera. That camera was like twenty twenty years old, <laughs> huh?
1: So it's like, that's kind of what I'm going for. And, you know, when I, everything I photograph and film, I use an iPhone. Mm -hmm. I don't have a fancy camera. And I just use like, I'm paying a hundred bucks a month to have an iPhone. I'm going to use it. So it's like, (laughs) I use that for, it's like my main tool. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it becomes worth it at that point. Um, So, yeah, I think kind of like there, there's also like something about like, it's paper, The collage itself and then it becomes this digital it's immortalized in a digital way and then the paper becomes you know i pull it apart and just disperses
0: and you do a lot of video stuff too have you ever thought of doing now that now that i know that your collages are kind of temporary have you ever thought of doing like stop motion moving collages
1: Oh, I do. There's some. There oh. are some on there if you look. Um, I haven't done that many stop motions recently. Mm-hmm. But if of go back in time I'm a little on my Instagram, there are some stop motion animations.
0: I'll have to go look for them. I guess I didn't. You have a lot of stuff on there.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I know I do. It's overwhelming. I, you know what it is? I don't think I have any of the stop motion. Maybe there's like one mm-hmm. on my actual website. Okay. Um, just because I have so much and I've I just made the website within the last year, so I've been like trying to keep up with it, so
0: <laughs> it could be it can be tough. Well also you're using you're using um, quite a few different social media platforms. Because you're also on Steemit, right. right? Right. And you've been having some pretty good success there.
1: Yeah. Um you know, I just try to be consistent about posting regularly and I feel like I haven't spent as much time as I want to on Steemit just engaging with other people because that's that's kind of the point of social media. Like I don't mm-hmm. want to just put my stuff out, put my stuff out. Like I want to also find other people that you know, I just click with and, yeah you know.
0: Steemit's tough. There's there's a lot of people who just sit around talking about cryptocurrencies.
1: Uh, right. I mean, that is... People talk about cryptocurrency and then just the platform itself.
0: They yeah. Talk about it's, it's very... Yeah. And that's not super interesting. Like, I'm not there to... I don't want to use Steemit to read about Steemit.
1: Yeah. That's um, kind that of... is, So that is the problem with Steemit. And I've, cause I've tried to get other people to come on Steemit. Because I'm like, this is... A really cool thing and mm-hmm. it, or it could be a really cool thing especially for artists mm-hmm. musicians whatever it's like if you're a content creator this could be awesome but it's like there's a little bit of a learning curve people when they sign up it takes a little while to get approved mm-hmm. it's a little weird getting the hang of it at first um how it works and the voting and every you know just it takes a little while to get the hang of it. Like you do need those posts about steam it in the beginning.
0: You do. But then <laughs> finding finding interesting content is really tough on there.
1: Like yeah, a it lot is. of the subjects
0: that I'm interested in there are maybe like three people writing there. But but all the, but, but most, you know, it's, so it, it gets a little frustrating. I, I was putting a lot of time into Steam it right when I first got my account, but it's been a I, I it's really trailed off. <laughs>
1: I'm- yeah. I, I feel the same way. Um, I'm kind of using Steepshot a little more. Um,
2: mm-hmm. Which is kind of like.
1: Posting, it's like a duplicate feed of like my Instagram basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted to do a little more with it, but it's like, I, I was making some pretty time consuming posts and it's just like, they just get lost in like the cryptocurrency sea. Mm-hmm. So.
0: Yeah. Stuff that only seems to really stick around or be relevant for like a week or something like it's hard to, it's hard to put long, long content, you know, cause I, I like to write, uh, right. and it's, it's hard to put long content on steam it because you know that it's just going to be gone. Nobody's going to see it after a few days.
1: Right, because it's like there's a seven-day period and mm-hmm. once there's, like, the payout for it, yeah. you can't re- it can't be re-steamed or whatever. And then that's, like, a feature that really kind of sucks, like, because <laughs> yeah. it's, like, if I find something that's, like, someone posted three months ago that's really awesome, then I can't share it on mm-hmm. my feed. So yeah. that's, that's a definitely, a you know, a drawback with Steemix. Right?
0: Well it could be that, you know, maybe there'll be a, a new iteration of Steemit or some new you know, I mean it, it seems like there's still some development and effort going into it. So we'll we'll see. I guess we just have to wait and find out.
1: <laughs> right. I mean I like to just try out different platforms. I'm also on Minds. What's wait?
0: say that again? Minds?
1: Minds. Yeah, like your mind mines oh. M I N D S. Huh. Um it's sorta of, it's a like really it's really great, actually. Um, it's a good alternative to something like Facebook.
0: You okay. have your profile
1: page, and you'd make very similar kinds of posts. And the, thing, the problem with Minds that I find is that a lot of the posts are super political. Mm. So it's just like this endless sea of political posts. And that's not really what i want to consume yeah like there's a, there's just enough of that and i don't really want it but i have found some cool artists and it, some cool people on there so i yeah. still try to like build my following there i just want to like put my stuff out and now see who bites
0: so i was uh, reading one of your web pages today and um and it talks about there that one of the inspirations for you was a, uh, sex and death cult that, uh, existed in, um, interwar Paris. Right. Can you talk a little bit about that? Who was, who was in this group? Like what, what were they like?
1: Um, well, there's actually not that much information available, but, mm-hmm. um, the writer George Bataille started a little group of his friends and you know, other writers, intellectuals living in Paris at the time called Asafal. Mm-hmm. It means Headless. Oh. And it's like there's really almost nothing that exists specifically about what went on in this cult, but there were supposedly meetings that happened in wood in the woods near like a tree that had been struck by lightning. Mm-hmm. Supposedly they had talked about actually carrying out a human sacrifice but they mm-hmm. they found someone that wanted to be the sacrifice but they couldn't find someone that wanted to be the executioner
0: oh wow uh,
1: so there, i'm just really fascinated about what that may have been um but i can kind of piece together i think you know the vibe of it just from reading his mm-hmm. work
0: you know, it was george Bataille Yes. What some? uh, I don't think I've ever heard of him. What What are some things he's written?
1: Um, he is probably most famous for a novel called *Story of the Eye*. Um, But I wouldn't necessarily like say that that's like what you should read first. I think like the best introduction to him, I think, was his last. The last book that he ever published is called *Tears of Arrows*. Um, Tears of arrows. it's very heavy in art and imagery, mm-hmm. but it's a good place to start.
0: Okay, cool. I'll to look. I'll check that out. And so, uh, you also talk about um, sort of like the the sex, death, rebirth movement. Like, I, it's is that a thing that like How do you how does that manifest? What do you What do you do in your life to manifest that aside from like it's mostly your art and video and Performance right. stuff. But I, I would
1: say that all of my art, my music, my video, it is like this partial ritual. Mm-hmm. Like it's art, but it's also a ritual. Like when I, a lot of, my, especially in the video, mm-hmm. um like I have a whole series of like softcore eroticas. And the series, like the first one was Goddess Erotica. And what I did was I filmed a series of videos based on the Greek goddesses. So in the first one, I'm Aphrodite, then I'm Athena, then Hera, then Persephone, and so Mm -hmm. on. I think there's 20 that I did all together. And I really feel that it was an invocation of that goddess where it's really not me anymore. Mm -hmm. It was Aphrodite, it was Athena, whatever. Did you Um,
0: feel like some of those when you did them were more like in tune with the, with the theme, with the, like the, the erotic theme or.
1: or Yeah. There were some where I felt that I had to maybe like try a little harder or that it was a little more like forced to make it come across. Mm -hmm. But Aphrodite, Persephone, Athena, Artemis, like those were really like, I just was. Mm-hmm. I just was. Um, I think when people actually, I have um, a piece that's going to be shown at a gallery in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Um, in a week or two. I don't even know. If it, the, I think it's the May 25th, Friday, May 25th, at Wild Embeddings in Brooklyn. And the, the whole gist of the show is um, showing either sacred objects or sculptures. Mm-hmm. So what I am doing is I am showing an altar to Aphrodite, and I'm, the two like main components of this is the shell. Like I have this big shell that I used in the video, and a, like a hand mirror. Like one of those like fancy hand mirrors. Mm-hmm. I got it in an antique shop, so it's like one of those like it's like round with a handle. Um, oh, nice and sense. those are the two main props that I use in the video. So I'm like, those are my sacred objects. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have them on like a mirrored pedestal with like a collage. And you know, my little it's just like a little mini temple to Aphrodite. But I would consider those like part of like the ritual tools mm-hmm. for that invocation
0: did you you didn't go to did you go to school for art you went to school for something else didn't you
1: no i went to school for philosophy and religious studies Ooh, who's
0: your who's your least favorite philosopher
1: um kant yeah yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh is it are the whole like uh it's a bunch of like german existentialists are they kind of
1: yeah, I mean, I would actually say that, like, probably all of them are really kind of annoying. Like, I just w- didn't find them enjoyable to read.
0: I tried, um, <laughs> yeah, I tried uh, Schopenhauer. What was his humongous like two book set or something? Ugh. It felt I don't
1: know, like it's like
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, it felt like reading some spoiled rich kid uh, try to explain Plato.
1: Right, I mean, and awful. that's kind of like my problem a little bit with philosophy and kind of why I didn't continue on with like a PhD um, mm-hmm. because I really wanted to take my studies um, in philosophy and religion and make them into something accessible that just regular people can connect with, not just academics. Mm-hmm. If I had done the like the PhD professor route, I would just be in this really insular community where just other philosophy professors are reading my work and that's about it. Maybe a couple people who are just simply interested, but it's a small group. And I was like, I really want my ideas and my worldview to be shared. So that's why I ended up kind of taking a 180 and doing it through art instead.
0: I like that. I like that idea. I like that idea a lot. I mean, philosophy is really not accessible. I mean, you know, your your average person on the street isn't going to really appreciate that, you know, this philosophy is sort of seen as something that's so intellectual that the average person can't do it. And I always, I mean...
1: Which which isn't true. Which yeah. It's like anyone can do it. You know, it's like at least it's just like a bit more basic level, like you don't have to be an expert in it. hmm But... I think the key to philosophy and why I think philosophy is useful is that it's really teaching you to take a lot of information that's very difficult, like oftentimes, and process it Mm -hmm. and think critically about it and question it and rip it apart. And that is really important. That's an important skill that everyone needs.
0: Yeah, so yeah. I, I that's why I like with, philosophy.
1: You know, that's what it's all about for me.
0: Mm-hmm. The critical thinking part of it, like learning, learning why you think and learning how your thoughts can be valid, and learning like how to evaluate the ideas and thoughts of other people. I think all of that is is you know stuff you were just talking about. That's
1: and it's like also just accepting that you might be wrong.
0: Being wrong you is might
1: totally be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> like you probably are wrong. <laughs>
0: and being wrong is fun i feel like as i've gotten older that's one thing that i've definitely learned is that like if you're right you're not going to learn anything new
1: yeah exactly exactly that's why i like to say i'm like i don't really i don't know really anything with certainty so i like you know i like not knowing because Mm -hmm. then i it's always a search to know um And then I think with studying religion, it's um, the program that I was in was like comparative religion. Mm -hmm. So with that and like the combination with philosophy, I felt that it helped me be able to see other worldviews like uh, different from my own. Mm -hmm. And it's really important when you're trying to understand people who are different from you or just come from other cultures or whatever. And it just helps me understand my own beliefs and worldview. And then I can actually have a conversation with someone cause I can get on their level and just talk to them. Mm-hmm. And I want to know more about them and their worldview and try to understand them very holistically.
0: Yeah. That sounds, that, that sounds like a, Excellent path to take. Um, so then, all right. So you. So tell me a little bit more about the comparative religion stuff. Like in, I feel like my own experience with studying comparative religion is approximately a hundred and twenty years out of date. I mean, I know that we've <laughs> I know that we've discovered a lot of stuff, but I haven't. Uh, I don't know that I've actually spent a lot of time reading it. I've, I've read like some uh, Karen Armstrong who wrote. Uh, what is it? Like the history of God and some other stuff like that, where she looked at like the development of monotheism or whatever. But I also know that some of the really early comparative religion, religion stuff, like from the 1700s, is kind of insane. Like, have you have you heard of the book Anachalypsis by, I think, Godfrey Higgins? No. It t- Don't ever read it. <laughs> i mean well, it's see, huge
1: that, that right there that is exactly why i do what i do because mm-hmm. it's like no one's going to read that book yeah you know it's like i i don't i never read that book and this mm-hmm. is like my field that i'm interested in and i never read that book so it's like that's why i'm just like i'm not going to write like i mean i think you know at some point in my life i probably will get more into writing books but mm-hmm. at this point this is what I want to do because I think being kind of youthful, like still sort of youthful is part of what I'm doing right now. So Mm -hmm. as I get older and things change, my body changes, I'm not really going to be wanting to do the video stuff that I'm doing now. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I'll just take on a new, a new medium.
0: Yeah. Pivot. Um,
1: Yeah. um, Because I don't want to do the same thing for the re- like I don't want to just do one thing for the rest of my life. It's like I want to have many experiences and be wear many hats um mm-hmm. you know artist, musician, writer, whatever. Um, I,
0: th- I think that sounds that sounds wise. I mean,
1: you know, but it's like that's a, that's what living a full life is all about. Like Oh yeah. You know, people get stuck doing the same thing for 50 years and then they're on their deathbed and they're like, "Oh shit, yeah. I wasted so much of my life doing some the same old thing that mm-hmm. I didn't even really like that much and I wish that I didn't do that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I but feel I've really
1: committed. I've really committed to doing what I want and
0: mm-hmm.
1: I've had to make sacrifices because it's like, well, I could just be doing something else and making a lot more money, but I could also die tomorrow and I want to feel like I died when, like when I died that I lived doing everything that I really wanted to do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You should, when you die, you should feel like you were doing stuff that you loved and also stuff that improved you as a human being and improved the world around you, I think.
1: Right. And I do hope like that is, you know, probably the biggest motivation for all the little things that I'm involved with is that, I just hope that people when they see the collages or listen to my music or whatever it is, that they actually think about what is being communicated. I hope that they don't just think, Oh, this is a pretty picture Mm -hmm. because it's, I'm really trying to strike at something a little deeper than that. Mm -hmm. I think, but I, I do feel that, you know, people get it and that my work is thought that my work is thought provoking and, you know, I do get a, a pretty good response from people. So I, would I think I'm onto to something. Yeah.
0: I mean, I'd say, you know, from the stuff I've seen, it's definitely thought provoking. The collages are super interesting because, you know, sometimes your collage will be super busy. So you, so, you know, if you're just scrolling past it on Instagram, you might not take in the whole picture, but then you've got like those words that always just kind of catch you.
2: Right. So <laughs> I think
0: it works pretty well to be thought provoking. Um, and then the, the videos that you do with like the, with all of that, like, driving music and the use of color and and stuff it you know, those those are emotion inducing for sure like I, you're doing a good job i like it
2: thank you <laughs> um
0: can we can we uh, talk about your band so the whip angels is the name of your music project yep. <laughs> and how do you so uh how would you describe what genre would that be
1: oh god i <laughs> i do not know i do not know it's kind really of... do
0: <laughs> So you, do you have, uh, are there other people um, who work on it with you?
1: Um, well, it's like, it's, it's generally just me, uh-huh. um, but I do collaborate with some people sometimes. So when I collaborate, it will say like the whip angels and primitive knot or mm-hmm. the whip angels and Wizard are Lives. Um So when you see that, it, that's a collaboration. Um, But it's, you know, it is just generally just me. Mm -hmm. And it kind of started, well, okay, let's, we'll start at the beginning. Okay. I started writing poetry and I was also, I'm a very shy person and like getting on stage is like my worst nightmare. Like I'd rather Mm -hmm. jump off a bridge than get on stage and just like say something that like I wrote, um, But it and it's like that's a problem because being able to be a public speaker is actually a really great skill. So I was like, all right, I'm gonna take my poetry and I'm gonna just force myself to go to open mics and get up on stage and try to overcome this. Mm -hmm. And I can't say that I ever really did overcome it because I still don't feel comfortable like up on a stage. (laughs) Um, but I've at least I am trying. Um, but so I'd go to these open mics, and the thing about, like, this spoken word scene is that it's, it's like, there's a specific style of how these poets usually present their work, and like a vocal style. Mm-hmm. And I just get up there, and I'm kind of, like, awkward and just sort of whispering my, my poem and then disappearing back into, like, the crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, so I felt that setting it to music might help and i really like you know I, I liked what i had to say so i was like all right if i started to music i think it'll be more accessible so a lot of times people hear spoken word like eh, that's not my thing i don't like that but people like music mm-hmm. so um my husband we were probably just starting to date around that time he's a musician he was like listen anyone can make music like i promise you it might not be good but anyone can do it Mm-hmm. So he gave me like a sampler, a microphone, a mandolin, um, just like a couple basic tools, and he's like, "Here, like just do something with this <laughs> so I did and that you know even like my very I think the first song I ever did we did together mm-hmm. um, but pretty early on, like I started just making music on my own and just figuring it out and I just learned by doing it. Um, and then over the years got like, you know, guitars and pedals, extra, Mm -hmm. extra stuff. Um, and and, you... you, know, I play shows sometimes and it's still like, it's just, it's, it's torture when I get up on stage. It really is. But I just still try to do it every once in a while.
0: Well, that's probably, yeah. You know, I, uh, when I started public speaking, um, I was terrified at first, but now I love it. I don't know. It's probably, I don't know if it's something that, that ev- eventually changes or maybe it's just different people when have. I,
1: when I was in college, mm-hmm. I it was required to take a public speaking class. And the class, like time that I took, it was like. I don't like the baseball. The whole baseball team mm-hmm. was in that class. It was like the baseball team and me. <laughs> so it was like I had just had like nothing in common with these guys, and then it's just like me, this like kind of weird philosophy chick. And so it's like our first assignment, and you had to do like a a you know three minute speech about something in the news. So. Mm-hmm the thing in the news that interested me was about Pluto not being a planet anymore. (laughs) And And they just looked at me like, what the hell is she talking about?
0: (laughs) You should have been like, it's like saying that a baseball isn't a softball.
1: (laughs) Right. (laughs) So it was was horrible. It was like the worst. It was just the worst. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I, I think the professor gave, felt bad for me and he gave me like a C and I was like, <laughs> no, this is not acceptable because I have a perfect GPA. Like this class is going to kill me. Like I need to get an A in this class because it's just going to fuck up my whole thing. And so I went to the professor and I was like, listen, like, how do I, how do I do this? Like I want to succeed in this class. How do I do it? Um, he was like, okay, for the next assignment, just talk about yourself. Because there there is like a difficult situation with your audience. Mm -hmm. um, Because they're just really like they don't really know what you're about. And like, just tell them like, just talk about yourself. So I did. And like, I did a really good job. Mm -hmm. Like I and like he was really impressed. I heard from other people who took classes with him in the future that he used me as an example of just like there was someone who just totally bombed the first time and then completely like turned it around Mm -hmm. so i ended i did get an a in that class and like i did i pulled together because i really just like wanted to succeed in that class um but you know it just uh it's still it's really it's hard
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's okay you know there are there are just keep doing it (laughs) i don't have any good advice for you (laughs) i'm trying like i'm
1: playing a show next tuesday in brooklyn at st Mm -hmm. vitus and um i was originally actually going to perform as the whip angels but last week i just kind of randomly started a new music project and i was like you know i'm gonna do this instead it's What's, called Temple of Saturn
0: Temple of Saturn oh I saw that on your website do you yeah. <laughs> so uh, did you and of is spelled like UV or something OV
1: OV. you know why because actually it was originally OF but mm-hmm. then when I went to make my band camp I saw that that name was already taken mm-hmm.
2: well, cool. um, but
1: they're not they haven't that whoever that is like hasn't been active in a really long time so it's like I'm still going to use the name I'm just going to change the spelling
0: So, neat. I'll put a link to that too. Do you have uh, maybe a sample song we could insert into the episode right here? When you, so, when you started the new music project, um, so I haven't listened to these guys at all yet. Uh, is it the same style of music as the Whip Angels? Do you, are you doing something different?
1: Um, I mean, I guess it's it's in the same realm, I guess. But I did record the whole thing using a different technique. So, that's mm-hmm. why it felt like a different project. Okay. Um, so, what I did um, for this was I just did some guitar like a i used a guitar made some loops Mm -hmm. and just played it through like a little tiny practice amp then recorded what was coming out of the amp onto my iphone (laughs) i put that yeah oh i do this all the time if people knew like how just like crappy my whole situation is like (laughs) that's real magic right there
0: (laughs) Uh, yeah, I think my my <laughs> podcast recording abilities are about at that level.
1: <laughs> so it's like I all right. So I did these four loops, so then record them on my iPhone, record the vocals on the iPhone, mm-hmm. and then I bring them. I I do a lot of like I actually do like remixes and DJ. Um, and my the name I use for my DJ stuff is Poke John the Second. That's where like that came from. Oh okay, um, but. Um, So I bring them into tractor and I use like a digital DJ controller and then I mixed the loops and the vocals that way. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's not real. Like I, I use that for the whip angels too, but the whole like recording from the amp um, like that was different. I don't usually do that for the, um, for my whip angel stuff. I just record like straight into the computer.
0: And were you so. have, and don't, and you were obviously satisfied with how it came out because you used it, but that's... right?
1: Well, I mean, what the way I do music is, I record it, mm-hmm. I listen to it once, I'm like, okay, it's good, and I just release it because if I like have to mess with it too long, it will never come out. So I just. I just give birth to it and send it off into the world. <laughs>
0: <laughs> just push it out of the nest.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's really like, it's the only way because I mean, when I first started it, it's, it's, it goes back to like with the public speaking thing where it's like, if I have to like listen to my voice too long, I start to like panic and then I don't want anyone to hear it. Mm-hmm. So I have to just be like, all right, I'm, I created this thing. I'm sharing it. And if people like it, that's awesome. And I hope they do. If they think it's garbage, like whatever, I really don't care. Mm-hmm. It was it was fun for like the few minutes that I spent like recording it. So
0: cool. Well, <laughs> I look forward to listening to it. I, I the the Whip Angels album I got was uh, was pretty good. I liked it.
1: Yeah, I mean the Whip Angels has been going on. I think it's two, since 2010. We mm-hmm. started it. Um so yeah, I don't I don't know what so like what genre it is. I call it like electronic and experimental, but those are just very vague. So
0: Yeah, I think that works. It's electronic for sure. It's definitely experimental. those sound like good words.
1: Yeah. You know, it's <laughs> like but if people are like, well like what? Like I was like, I don't know. Like, call it, I would say that like
0: why did you call it sacred electronic? experimental music
1: yeah that works
0: yeah then it'll it'll fit in with the rest of your theme and I mean, it's just it, nobody it's the nobody same, will question
1: it it's the same thing though as like the video where it's like it does like take on sort of this like ritual side where it's like i feel like it's not even i feel like it's not even me sometimes like it's just this is just what's coming out of me like i'm channeling this from mm-hmm the other world and here it is
0: do you have so um do you have sort of like a an occult practice or a or a mystical practice that that got you started on all this stuff
1: well okay actually i think this is like sort of going back to a question you asked me a while ago but then i went off on another tangent oh um <laughs> 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 <Yeah>. <laughs> I didn't catch whole, it good job like, the, the whole sex death <laughs> rebirth thing like to me I'm like that is like my spiritual practice mm-hmm. and I call it a religion and it's like a religion with no followers though and I don't necessarily want followers like because you can't no one can be me mm-hmm. um, but it's like I think the goal is to show you that you can go your own path and that you don't need someone else's path to find gnosis or knowledge whatever it is like it it comes Uh from within you and i'm just showing you things that helped me like symbols or if i reference like certain texts like these are things that helped me discover that inner power and maybe it will help you or someone, you know, anyone else. It will help whoever is on the receiving end of it. Mm Um so I think that it's kind of like a collage of other, I guess, religions and cults and hmm. whatever. And I've sort of melted it into this one big thing. And I just I call it sex, death, rebirth.
0: Sounds like a mystery.
1: Yeah, and it should be mysterious Mm -hmm. because that's what makes you want to know more. (laughs) Like, if I just (laughs) just presented it, like, okay, here's the book, and here's, like, the bullet points of, like, what the, like, you know, theology behind this is, then that's just, like, bullshit dogma, like every other religion that no one actually wants to practice. I'm like, it should be something that you really – you do not something you just read about it's something you do and experience mm-hmm. so when you see like the art and engage with it or the music or whatever it's like you're in, you're practicing sex death rebirth if you take like even just 5 minutes to contemplate what you're seeing like huh that oh. idea that she's expressing is really interesting that's like prayer to in my Religion. So it's, it's like in- you are engaging with it. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: It's interesting. Well, I mean, that's that's uh, it's interesting because you have created a method of engaging everybody in your religion. Almost kind of it can be casual. It could even right. be you know against their will. You know, I mean, if you put up a big, big <laughs> billboard and everybody had to look at it. <laughs> right. <laughs> um That's that, that's a that's an interesting take on it. I like that. I like that philosophy.
1: And I use, you know, in the collages, like I use symbols from other religions that people would like, Mm -hmm. just like the world religions, because it's like, these are things that people are familiar with,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: even if they're not really interested in religion. Like I do probably have like heavy Christian imagery, Mm -hmm. just because I feel like that's something that even non-Christians in America, at least. Are familiar with?
0: Oh yeah, I mean, in Western culture,
1: yeah, like you just know what these symbols are trying to communicate, and then I'm juxtaposing them with with other Mm -hmm. other things. Um,
0: Yeah, I mean, that's that's basically the the visual language of uh, of our culture in the West. Anyhow, is all that Christian imagery and you know religious art, you know, we've, we, we all, we've all seen it. <laughs> Excuse me. We've all seen it. <laughs> we've all been around it.
1: <laughs> um, and I think like some, I mean, I have a deep appreciation for art and art history. And, you know, it's like, I think some of the best art in the world is religious art and mm-hmm. architecture. Like it is just awesome. Like what, religion has inspired so i'm you know trying to tap into that oh yeah you a can, little bit as well yeah
0: i think sometimes you can see Well, i mean because religion really moves people right so you look at i don't know like Titian or whatever and you can see his feelings in the right. in his art you know i mean you could see how how much he was moved by it so I, I would agree like some of my favorite art is also religious but uh i mean you know good art is is where the you can you can see the inspiration or, or experience the inspiration or sort of get a feeling of whatever inspiration drove the original artist. I think that, that might not be an actual definition of good art, but it's something that I think is good in art.
1: Right. I mean, I don't know that you can even define good art, um, but I think you did a, a pretty good job there. Um, but it, I guess even going back a little bit further with the whole success rebirth thing, um, maybe, like, a couple years after I graduated from college, mm-hmm. I started, like, this massive archive of digital images related to, the like, what the same themes that you're seeing in my collages. So that was really... And that went on, for like, I don't know, probably and its, like, eighth year. Mm-hmm. So for the last seven, eight years, you know, I spend a lot of time online, like, looking for art from every culture, every time period, every style mm-hmm. and putting it all together on this blog and so when you look at like the archive of it it's just like this massive thing, like there's over 10,000 images um, Oh
0: nice Where is um, that? I think it's like it's, on
1: that... tu- it's just on Tumblr Okay. Um, it... so it's like sex-death-rebirth.tumblr.com
0: Okay, I'll look that up
1: um and you know a little bit more recently I've been like sort of adding some of my own art but it is this like really massive archive of just images that inspired me in some way and that was kind of like my part of my study because then I was like looking into certain art movements or the history of you know, certain symbols, Read it. I would just get interested in like a particular artist and do some research about them. Mm-hmm. So that was like my way of self-learning art history and art styles, whatever. And then, you know, I guess within sort of the last year, I took a turn and I was like, all right, enough of like the passive study. I need to take this, uh, like everything I've learned And then now it's my turn to put something out Mm -hmm. so now i'm in like the active phase and taking everything i learned and channeling that through all of my art forms
0: well i'm enjoying seeing it happen uh thank you you (laughs) from the other side of the continent Um, yeah, I I will make sure that you've given me that you have so much stuff online. There's so much stuff that people can sort of like go to experience your art and your music and all this kind of stuff. So, uh, whoever's listening (laughs) to this, if you, (laughs) I'm just talking to the, the audience now, I'm just telling them that if you are not in the habit of looking at show notes, this is an episode where you want to, because there's just a ton of stuff to go look at. Right? Yeah.
1: (laughs) I mean, people have said they're like, you do you put out too much, like you do way too much, like I can't keep up. And I was like, you know what, like, I don't care, because I might die next week. So it's like, I want to make sure that I got out my message before that happens. So I'm just putting out as much as I can, because some something could happen where I'm not here anymore, or I can't you know, I'm incapacitated in some way
0: Well, you're, and I can't do it. Your so. focus your focus might change. I mean, what if your inspiration changes or what if like next week you're like, oh, I'm tired of collages. I'm going to start to, I'm going to write a book now.
1: Right, exactly. Like, so it's like, this is just, it's, it's not going to last forever. So I'm just like going with it while it does. Like, I always kind of like joke because it's like people sometimes ask me like, but concerning like the more like erotic, sexy videos, it's like, well, what are you going to do when you age out of that? And I was like, well, I don't know. I'll start like a YouTube cooking show. <laughs> like, I'll just do something else.
0: <laughs> My YouTube cooking show, it's going to be only about French omelets, just French omelets.
1: <laughs> but it's like I actually do like to cook. So it's like yeah. I it's something I would really enjoy doing doing but it's like i'll save it for then you mm-hmm. know like that's why i'm not doing it now i do too much already <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah well i i'm i'm happy with your level of output and i know that i haven't seen it all and uh it's cool you know maybe if i have like a bored afternoon i'll be, be like what what did i miss what did i miss in uh the creative output of pope joan ii
1: well someone said that they were like you know, like they found like one thing and then they're like, Oh, it's this is like a breadcrumb trail, cause then mm-hmm. you just start going deeper and deeper and deeper. And I'm like, that's the experience that I want you to have because I don't, it's like, you know what? It's like, okay, I do the Instagram thing and it is like this transient thing. You're just scrolling through and maybe you see it, maybe you don't, but it's like, I really want people to sit with it and get the whole worldview. So it's like, you do have to start looking through the whole pieces. Mm-hmm. And if I just, wrote it all down and gave it to you on a platter, it just would not be interesting. So I I put it in all these different forms and it's all over the internet and different places, Steam it, Instagram, Twitter, my own website, it's everywhere so that you can kind of like, you know, spend some time with it Mm -hmm. and go deeper and deeper and deeper if you want to. Like some people, you know, maybe they just see one thing and they just move on but some people they're become more engaged with it um so that's what i want i want people to really sincerely connect with it so that's part of why i do it the way that i do
0: that sounds like an awesome uh, approach to take to your art all right we've been talking for a little while and i'm wondering now do you have any questions for me
1: I don't know. <laughs> I've never, I've
0: never, I've never. <laughs> <laughs> that always makes everybody panic. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. Don't
1: like throw a wild card at me like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I would have prepared some stuff.
0: <laughs> hey, I didn't. I, I barely prepared for I barely prepared to. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you don't have to ask me any questions, but uh, can you, uh, why don't you tell our listeners who are not going to go to the show notes uh, your website? Where is that at?
1: Oh, you can go to joanpoke.com. Okay. And that's, you know, sort of the portal for everything. And you'll be able to, that's a good place to start.
0: Yeah. And then through there, they'll be able to find your Steemit account and your Instagram account and right, my and Instagram. your music.
1: Twitter, fancam mm-hmm. Vimeo, like all that. Um, okay. So I tend to be on Lion as sex, death, rebirth. Mm-hmm. Uh, the whip angels is my main music project. My side music projects are black Tantra, Pope Joan the second and temple of Saturn.
0: All right. And I won't, I won't ruin the breadcrumbs for people if they do look at the shit notes, <laughs> but uh, it'll, uh, it'll help get them started too uh well thank you thank you for coming on my podcast
1: oh thank you so much for having me this was really nice
0: yeah it was a lot of fun uh all right i'll direct people to your stuff i think i know you mentioned a couple of dates like your brooklyn show and the the art thing at wild embeddings but i think that this episode is probably going to come out after those have happened do you have anything going (laughs) on in june on
1: June eighth there uh-huh. is a panel discussion at Wild Embeddings about the piece that's in that show. Okay. I think that's the only thing I have in June. I like I can't even keep it straight anymore. Like I'm just like a whirlwind. Like I sometimes wake up at like three o'clock in the morning and I start working then. Like I'm mm-hmm. collaging and recording and whatever and I just go until I can't go anymore. So I don't even know what day I'm at.
0: But <laughs> <laughs> it's Monday. <laughs>
1: yeah, right. Like, I mean, I I remembered this. Like, I uh-huh. kept, like, telling myself, okay, like, Monday the 14th, I have this. Uh-huh. Um, but, yeah, June 8th, there's a panel discussion. And uh, me and the other artists will be talking about our sacred objects that are in the show.
0: Oh cool. Alright, I will uh, I'll tell people about that too. Um all right, well thank you very much. It's really good to talk to you and I hope that you have a super great evening. I never know how to I never know how to end these things. <laughs> I know, and
1: endings are kinda of difficult. But...
0: My Alchemical Bromance is sponsored by Miskatonic Books. Miskatonic Books is an online bookstore that focuses on rare, limited edition, and custom-made books of the highest quality. They specialize in books on the occult, ceremonial magic, Freemasonry, Rosicrucianism, Hermeticism, and other topics of interest to you, our listeners. Check them out on the web at MiskatonicBooks.com. Thank you for listening to My Alchemical Bromance. You can find us on the web at myalchemicalbromance.com. You can find us on Stitcher and iTunes. Please subscribe, leave a good review, give us some five-star stuff and all of that jazz, and come back next time.
2: I got to of a book. of 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 of